Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Trek to the Holodeck. I'm Dylan. I'm Darius. And I'm Jan. On Trek to the Holodeck, we do the hard work of definitively ranking the best episodes of Star Trek featuring the holodeck. We judge episodes on these perfect categories of dialogue, romance, action, suspense, camp, and stakes. And we ain't changing the categories because they're they're perfect. <laughs> they're perfect. <laughs> uh, you're probably asking uh, yourself and you're probably asking us through your computer or whatever device you're listening to this on, what qualifies as a holodeck episode? And we had to answer that as well. And we've decided it's literally any episode that features anyway. the holodeck. If they're on it for a second, if they show it on the view screen, we're going to do it. If they're in the whole episode in it, we're going to do it. In this week's episode, we're watching Booby Trap, Season 3, Episode 6 of The Next Generation. It originally aired on October 30th of 1989. So why don't you just come along and join us on our Trek to simulations to be this real. Much of it is real, sir. I disengage the safety protocols. Not that even a holographic bullet can kill. It's all a holographic simulation. Please enter program. I was thinking of something a little more intimate. Program complete. May enter. Hey, uh, so... Uh, just before we get into all the actual content of Trek to the Holodeck, we have a really exciting announcement to make. Very exciting yeah, we, announcement. We created a Trek to the Holodeck Discord uh, so that everyone can like meet up and chat and uh, and get to know each other. Yeah, we're going to do all sorts of yeah. cool stuff in there, whether it's like watch parties or share memes or do whatever. It's going to be a yeah, when good you, time. Yeah, when you like join it, you get to choose what division of Starfleet you want to be in. and Yeah. Yeah. Blue, red, or or yellow, and we'll be there too. Uh, and yeah, well, in fact, right now it's just us. us. So <laughs> could you join? We'd love please? some friends, please. Yeah, it's just us bouncing let's around get, let's, in our. Let's get into the episode. Yeah, let's do yeah. it. Cool, man. Okay, this is the fifty third episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation. Fifty mm-hmm. third, really? Yeah, that means there's like you have to get through forty plus hours. Of television to get here. I gotta say, I miss 26 episode seasons. Right? I feel like I'm getting stiffed with only 10 episodes these days. And they're not any it's, longer. It's not like the episodes are going any longer. No, they're the same. And they feel like less, <laughs> it feels like less happens on TV. Yeah. Like on individual episodes. Totally. Yeah, and it's weird. They basically took an individual episode and stretched it into 10 episodes. So if you don't like the storyline, you're just kind of shit out of luck. You don't get <laughs> another episode to like try to fix it. Bring back it's episodic Star Trek. That's all I'm saying. We're going to start a petition. Uh, <laughs> so this this came out on the 30th. That's the day before Halloween. I was going to so. say, yeah, it's wild. Pretty yeah. spooky. And it definitely had that like spooky vibe to it, for sure. Totally. This is, Yeah, it's like a Halloween love story. The writers of this episode, Ron Roman, Michael Pillar, and Richard Dennis, did a great job with Richie, the whole uh, Halloween Dennis. spookiness. Of it. Yeah. Yep. 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 Real spooky. The story was by Michael Wagner and Ron Roman. Yeah. I, th- I guess that means like they pitch it and then uh, and then it's actually written by everybody else. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know what, how writers' rooms I, yeah, work. I don't yeah. know how writers' rooms work, but everyone who does know how to writers' rooms work is going to like be like, you guys are wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Ron Roman, I think it's Ron Roman and, and I know Michael Pillar and Richard and the, the ampersand means that they worked on it together at the same time. I don't know. It's crazy. So a lot of lot of fingers in this pie. A lot yeah. of fingers. A lot of fingers. Guys, this this is a notable episode in Star Trek history for one specific reason. What is it? It was directed by Gabrielle Beaumont. She's the first woman ever to direct an episode of Star Trek. Holy and it's this shit. episode. What? Whoa. Yeah. So this is the first time ever in Star Trek history Jesus. that a woman directed it. Star Trek, man. Of any, for as much as I love Star Trek and how like great it is as a show, it really sucks yeah. sometimes. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, it bad. is the. Uh, it's 1989. It took yeah, them yeah. that long to let a woman direct an episode of Star Trek. Come on, three seasons yeah. into 23 years after the first episode aired, or 24 years, I guess, if you count the original pilot. Yeah. 
It is no, pretty nuts. No excuse. Yeah. No excuse. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she directed six more episodes of The Next Generation, including the famous Lower Decks episode. Hell huh. yeah. Which uh, was good enough that decades later inspired a TV show. Nice. That will soon be out. On, in but, August, actually. I think it's coming out in August. And it looks like they're going to have some holodeck content. So mm-hmm. look out. We're going to watch it. That one's um, going to be weird because those are going to be kind of funny holodeck episodes. Totally. I mean, yeah, usually holodeck episodes are so not funny. Right. They're not funny. <laughs> so at all. not funny. Yeah, no. uh, but they're like doing our bit in the holodeck. So we're going to just be reviewing our bit in the holodeck. That's what we're going to be doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the music was by Ron Jones. And he did a great job making this feel spooky. Yeah, Ron Jones, real, real spooky, it's, real ghost shippy, right? but also like some like Blade Runnery sounds. The music, very slash. and then also on top of that, with like the love angle between Jordy and them, there's like the weird oh, yeah. kind of like a uh, soap opery like uh, television synth. music synth and stuff going it's on. So good, oh, yeah. I love it. It's great. I'm a huge fan. So I think uh, some guest star shout outs are in order. Uh, Susan Gibney portrays Leah Brahms. I think that's the only one that we really, really need to talk about. Mm-hmm. She does. She's she's great in this episode. She plays a lot of like levels. You know, as first like the non-emotional to like a whole personality, which like yeah. evolves. Yeah. Apparently, here's a fun little piece of trivia. Okay. Yes. Hit us. She was favored for the role of a favorite for the role of Captain Janeway. Wow. Really? I want that. No offense, I love Janeway, but that would have been yeah, awesome. Yeah, Kate Mulgrew's great. That no, well, so awesome. you know, I don't, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the history of that, but uh, another actress actually booked the role of Janeway. Oh, she really? She quit within a week because she was, she didn't realize how much work TV was. <laughs> Holy like the schedules shit! Were, yeah, because she was a film actress. Yeah, and so they brought in Mulgrew at the last second. Wow, who was wow. the other actress? Do you happen to know? Uh, yes, Genevieve, Genevieve Bujold. Oh, that's She's wild. like a 60s, like, French-Canadian actress. Genevieve Bujold. And, yeah. I know this but, doesn't really matter, but it would have been interesting if uh, Gibney uh, booked the role as Catherine Janeway because then you gotta, you don't have to and they wouldn't have done it, but then you, there's the, like, yeah, but she played Leah Brahms, so how is she now Janeway? I guess. Yeah, that yeah. would be so weird. I guess they would have maybe done a similar thing like they did with Paris. Yeah, or Tim Russ. Because Tim Russ played yeah. Tuvok, but also he was a guy on the Generations, yeah. in genera- Star Trek Generations, and he was also like a Klingon in some Deep Space Nine episode. Like, yeah, this yeah. happens a lot in Star Trek, where a, an actor <laughs> plays. Even Gibney plays totally uh, the same, a different character in Deep Space Nine. Totally, yeah, that's wild. Uh, and then there's uh, Julie Warner gets a shout out. She plays Christy Henshaw, the first person that Jordy tries to date in this episode. <laughs> Which you're Incredible. not quite too sure at first if it's a hollow program person yeah. or if it's an actual person. Because <laughs> from now on, we just assume Jordy only dates hollow program people. Like, yeah, he's it. like, no more real women. <laughs> you, you can't handle real emotions. You can't date them. <laughs> oh, man. I'll say that I read a little bit about this, too. Apparently, Michael Piller, one of the writers, one of the 19,000 writers on this episode... <laughs> Loved this episode because it's the story. He, he described it as the story of a guy being able to fall in love with his car. Like, he understands his car. Oh, my God. That's so, so gross. Like, <laughs> yeah, right? It's just like, oh, yeah. What if, like... I had that he, thought right at the beginning. Yeah. I was like, he's falling in love with the ship. Like, that's what's yeah. happening right now. Oh. Yeah. That's so gross. That's Ugh. so gross. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Lordy. And that's why they need more women in the writer's room for Star Trek. But I will say that the fact that this episode is written by women, I think, actually comes through very clearly. Directed? Directed I I said written. I meant, yeah, no, actually, there were 17 million people who wrote this episode, (laughs) and not one of them was a woman. But a woman did direct it. I gotta say, when when the, like, when the the massive block of text came up for written by, I was like, I can't see anyone. I can't see anything. Because it's just, like, covering the whole, yeah. (laughs) We get it. Or just, like, do it one by one. Yeah. This had a lot of steps. They had to really figure out. They were like, would a, would a woman say this? What about a holographic woman? I don't know. And then they, they do oh, the man. thing that Do you think that we should Jordy get a woman does. in here to write it? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> they just did the thing that Jordy does. They went to Whoopi Goldberg and they're like, hey, um, 
You're How a woman, do right? oh, yeah, you're a woman, right? How do women talk? So let's let's actually like talk about what happens in the episode. Let's uh let's do yeah. a a quick recap. So let's this, this start it. Cold I'm, open. Cold <laughs> open. Yeah. Beach at night. Uh, and there's two people sitting on the beach. One of them is Jordy the Forge, and another one is a woman. Christy Henshaw. Christy Henshaw. I love this. This whole That's actually such a hot girl name, by the way, Christy Henshaw. Yeah. Christy Henshaw. Um, and you know looking. that the guys in the writer room were like, Christy Henshaw. It sounds like a supermodel. Yeah, it sounds like a 90s supermodel. Jordy's looking real awkward on what we assume God, is man. a date. And uh, not knowing what to do, he kind of like reaches over to the side and grabs another like coconut drink. And like Coco no no. Yeah, looks at her and is like, you want another Coco no no? Which is like such a bad name for a drink. <laughs> Also, just not a good first date. Would you like another Coco No-No? <laughs> what? <laughs> What's going on? It's so interesting. It, it begs the question, did she know this was a date? Yeah. It's like, right. hey, do you want to hang out in the holodeck and I drink feel like- together? Right. And then uh, near the, at the end of it, she says, I don't see you that way. I think it was but a you, date. I think it's pretty clearly a date. Yeah, yeah. 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 I feel like the holodeck is like purely a date zone, you know, and you're like, hey, do you want to come in the holodeck with me? It's like we can go it's like anywhere. It's make out point, but on the Enterprise. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what the holodeck is. Uh, and then Jordy, Jordy gets this look on his face like, oh, shit. And then he goes, I forgot. And he snaps his fingers. And what happens? A pirate looking, which we find out <laughs> is a gypsy is a gypsy violinist. The term. Yeah, violinist yeah. pops out and just like. Starts going away at the violent. You can feel the awkwardness of this date. It hurts. Yeah, this whole it's like he programmed hurts. the the violinist too to get like right in the right. face, like <laughs> right <laughs> next to her. To, and uh. then he tries to like covertly scoot over closer to her and put his hand over her shoulder, and she's like, very like great move. She's like, dude, not into it. And then Jordy responds like a complete asshole. I love Jordy, but he's like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, right. And he's like so visibly dejected. And I'm like, just be a person. Be like, that's fine. I understand. I, you know? I get it. Yeah. And then go whine to Guinan in the fucking bar. So that's know? that's the cold open. And then after uh, the credits and the wall of writers, we find out... <laughs> We go into 10 forward, and Wesley and Data are playing a game of 3D chess. And I Wesley love makes scene. a move. Wesley makes a move like he bested Data, and only a child would think that he was going to best <laughs> Data at 3D chess. <laughs> and then Data immediately makes him realize Just he did not make a good move. <laughs> and then they spot Jordy. Yeah, Jordy walks yeah. in all dejected. Yeah. Completely, like, visibly broken. Yeah, yeah. And, and this next part, and, is and, and they make fun of him. They're like, "He spent like days working on that program." <laughs> this next, this next part is probably one of my favorite parts, even though it's not in the holodeck. Is <laughs> I think Wesley says something along the lines of "Uh oh," or like, "Yeah, yeah," like, and like very no, obviously, Data says it. No, well, no, no, no. Data says it later. Uh, Wesley oh. goes, "Uh oh," and Data goes like, "Uh oh, what?" Like, D- Data has no clue, and Wesley's like, "Right." Jordy had his big He's date. Been working on that for weeks. He's been working on that for weeks. Doesn't look like it's it such went a, well. Such a and high then, school sequence, right? And then Data kind of looks over and does his like, "Now I understand" thing, and then looks back at Wesley and goes, "Uh oh," or like, <laughs> "Oh right. yeah, no. he, like, yeah." It's <laughs> such a Data like I. He just learned how to Uh-oh. like respond to that scenario. Like he's like forever. Whenever somebody says something like that, he's gonna be like. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> I love oh, Data. That's such a good observation. I've missed yeah. Data so much. I haven't watched a lot of Next Gen in a while, and, man, his moments are just so good. Brent Spiner, man. Brent yeah. Spiner. Great. Incredible. Anyways, so so <laughs> Guinan gives Jordy a little pep talk. Jordy's like, are you you're a woman, right? And she's like, yes. yes. I can confirm. <laughs> I mean. Can confirm. <laughs> yes. What, what are, you, are you trying to say? What do you look for in a, in a guy? Best line, she's like, I look at his head. And then Jordy's like, yeah, like his brains, right? Yeah. No, I like no. bald people. <laughs> do you guys want to know a crazy bit of trivia? Let's do yes. It. So, so she says, I like bald men because one time I was hurt and a bald man took care of me. Is that not Picard? 
it's Picard. Yeah, it's very yeah. clearly Picard. But but you know, it, it's later in this series when they show that happen. They show it happen in like the 1800s in Times Arrow. Okay. Oh. And she's like at that in that time period, like contemporarily, and he meets her. She's like on Earth. Yeah. And he helps her out. It's so strange. Oh, that's yeah. a cool little like drop in nice and little reference explain later thing yeah. yeah like way later like you had to watch another 50 episodes before that payoff <laughs> on that like that's they, they do that a lot they yeah they do they that do. a lot there's one man we're i i love there's one line that i love in this one little sequence where he has he says don't you have anything stronger than this and jordy specifically came here to get fucked up <laughs> Like, <laughs> it's interesting because like they all drink synthanol, which my understanding is like it doesn't get you drunk. It does get so you just drunk. Like things that taste. Oh, From does. my understanding, synthanol or whatever, it gets you drunk, but it you can recover from it way quicker. So like oh. you can get drunk, and then I think there's like a way to not like be not be drunk from it again in case you have to go back on duty for some reason. Just like take a pill or something. Yeah. So you could just get absolutely shmammied and then be like, gotta go work. Boom. And then you're just like totally fine. Oh man. That's like dream I would alcohol. Drink all the time. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like I would be a synthaholic. Yeah, yeah. That's incredible. Uh let's see here. I, I wanna I want I kinda wanna know this now. Synthahol uh, is a synthesized alcohol, is a chemical variant of alcohol. It appeared to have the same taste. And smell real as real alcohol for most individuals, but none of the delirious effects associated with alcohol for most humanoids. Okay, so it doesn't get you drunk. Um, That's unfortunate. It doesn't have such as debilitating intoxication, addiction, or alcohol poisoning. So you can't be an, a synthaholic. <laughs> That's so strange because, like, it kind of like why would people drink it? Because let's let's face it, guys. Alcohol That's works what... because it makes you feel a little good. Yeah, and it's it. It's addictive. Oh, and if it if this isn't even wait a addictive, second. hold on, wait a second. What? Oh, oh. wait a second. I, I I remember this episode. That's why I kind of remember this. In the Next Generation Relics, uh, according to data, Synthahol's intoxicating effects can be easily dismissed. Ah, uh, and and then Scotty's like, "Well, give me some real fucking boots." <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I just want scotch. I want real fucking scotch. I love that episode. It's one of my favorite episodes. Oh, and there's a holodeck piece in it, so we get to do it. And and it. Gene Roddenberry decided that Synthahol was invented by the Ferengi. Yep. Those I actually just recently fuckers. saw Dylan's favorite TV show, Deep Space Nine. There's an episode <laughs> where the Nagus is like, we're bringing Synthanol to, to the Gamma Quadrant. Like we're gonna get, we're gonna like yes. corner the market on it, that. which is so. Yeah. Yes. So it's gotta be it's gotta be desirable for humanoids in some way. It's so right? I'm assuming it uh, must just canonically taste really good. It must be just fucking delicious. I'm guessing because yeah. when it says such as debilitating intoxication, addiction, and alcohol poisoning, it sounds like you can get buzzed off of it, but you can't get shwasted. So that's unfortunate. That does sound like the perfect booze where you just drink it and you'll always be buzzed. Yeah. You, know, you won't get drunker than And then buzzed. like if they're or like, really oh my gosh, we're being attacked, everyone goes, okay, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> they shake their hands and like, Ooh, all right, like let's party. I like to think yeah. it's like a magic alcohol drink where like the moment you sip it, it like senses what you want to be drinking. Like you don't even know. And then you take a sip and you're like, Oh, scotch. Oh, yeah. That's exactly what I want right now. <laughs> right. It's like some it's weird like, oh, magic this, shit. Is this, is this fruit punch Capri Sun? <laughs> Holy This shit. is so good. <laughs> is this a wine spritzer? Oh, God. Oh, my God. And you, you drink it. Your buddy gives it to you. It's like, why does this taste like Smirnoff Ice? How is this possible? <laughs> Wait, give and it to me. That's not what I want. Give it to me. <laughs> this tastes like a... This tastes like a wine cooler. This does not taste like a, a fucking smear off ice. Uh, anyways, uh, so just to kind yeah, of fast forward, we spent a little. We're a never going to finish this episode. The, uh, the whole thing happens, Jordy. Uh, blah 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 blah. Now we're back onto the bridge, and we're in this. Uh, in like what's a it called a debris field, a war asteroid like a, field, a, a, a battle. But it is effectively the site of an ancient battle. Yeah, that happened a thousand years thousand before. Years, yeah. Between a couple races and like it's a legendary battle. Like this would be like Antietam or the Gettysburg. Well, they yeah, yeah. they wiped and they wiped each other out in this battle. 
Like the two yeah. races cease to exist after this battle, apparently. And they find yeah, and, a ship that is like and, perfectly intact. And Picard's like, I gotta get on that ship. <laughs> He's such a wonderful nerd in this episode. He's like, he really guys, is. guys, guys, check it out. <laughs> Riker's like, we should skate. Like, we should probably check it out a little bit more. And he's like, nope, this is mine. Nope. Nope. <laughs> We're explorers. We're just going to get on the ghost ship. And they, the spooky ghost it's, ship. It's a go right on It's it. a Promelian battle cruiser. Promelian. Uh, and yeah, uh, uh, Picard is like, I, I, I was building these things, ships in a bottle, when I was a kid. I probably <laughs> I probably had a Promelian battle cruiser when I was a kid. I'm going on this thing. I love that his line, his, Patrick Stewart's uh, performance of that line when he says it to everyone, and then Worf is like, I did not play with toys as, as a child. And then, uh, and then, and then Data's like... <laughs> I was never a boy. And then the and look on Picard, Riker's yeah. face of like, why does this fucking matter? And you're like, Riker, why are you being such a dick right now? <laughs> and then O'Brien pipes in. He's like, uh, 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 I did. Yeah. I, I, I built ships in a bottle. Which was and a lie. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Because when they go know. back down to the ship, Riker looks at him and he's like, what are you talking about? I, I did. I built ships in a bottle. It's good fun. <laughs> yeah. I, I felt like he was lying. I really felt like... I felt I like... Don't, no, I felt like that was a lie to make Picard feel better. And then he covered, and then when Riker looked at him, like, you didn't do it. He's like, yeah, I did. Trust me, I did. It was a lot it's of fun. fun. See, here's why it's canonically not a lie. Because in the series finale, Picard, when he goes into different time periods, he goes to the first episode, Encounter at Farpoint. Yeah. And he accidentally lets slip to O'Brien in that episode. That he like he's like he knows that he like ships in the bottle. Okay. And Brian's like, how did you know that? Boom. And Picard's like, oh, uh, I read it in your file. All right. Well, then it wasn't a lie. All right. Bam. Damn. Encyclopedia. Yeah. yeah. And again, that's like that's like another <laughs> hundred episodes later. Yeah. Just they, talking yeah. about those long payoffs. That's this episode's incredible. full of those. anyone trying to that's tell it. me that TNG was not serialized can go fuck themselves. <laughs> it's serialized in the most patient way. Right? Right? Yeah, yeah. It's you gotta, so patient. You Sorry be... it's not Discovery where we have a ticking clock every single episode. Every episode. Um May I pitch that we speaking of ticking clock? Just zoom through this little segment here. Yeah, seriously. They get on the ghost ship, yeah. and that thing is booby-trapped as fuck. Yeah, yeah. And apparently the same thing that killed those aliens is going to kill the Enterprise. Yeah, it's like Graviton whatever, basically. They're hidden all throughout the uh, – there's like billions of them, and they, they take the energy from the ship, and they use it to emit radiation. So it like drains yeah. the energy and emits radiation to kill whatever's on the ship. So the more they try to get away, the more fucked they are. Exactly. So yeah. they go to Jordy and they're like, hey, man, let's try to fix this. Yeah. And Jordy is like, all right, uh, in classic Jordy fashion and uh, tries to come up with a way to fix it. And he lands on finding an old book of the designer of the Enterprise. Leah Brown. Oh, it's like three-year-old book. Yeah. Yeah. It's old. And that's yeah. kind of in, in the future. That's a long time. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, uh, "Play the audio logs for me." And the audio log is like assisting him through it. Yeah, it's like the manual of the Enterprise is talking to him. Yeah. through the problem. And so he feels like he needs to get into it. Like he needs to get in and like because as an engineer, he wants to get his hands on it, right? His and so he puts on it. He puts this uh, or like original schematic from building the ship into the holodeck. And that's where, like, our holodeck stuff takes place. This is incredible. Yeah, that's where the holodeck <laughs> stuff. Before we go out of the holodeck <laughs> stuff, I want to highlight one line that I absolutely love. And it's a Picard line when he comes back and he's giddy yeah. as a child. Yeah. He says, thrilling. That was absolutely thrilling. And everyone's like, <laughs> all right, dude, like, what the fuck? And Riker and Troy are like, this is wild. We've. We don't see like you this happening. Never like this. we've never seen they're him like as a the child, parents, right? Yeah. <laughs> I know they're like mom and dad. And like, oh, I guess uh. you like ships and bottles. I guess we <laughs> we know what to get them for Christmas. <laughs> we like the old ships. To be fair, that probably would be really thrilling. Like, yeah, it's and just I, funny because they didn't really do anything. They kind of just walked over, looked around, and then he comes back and says, "That was thrilling." We don't like see he went on like do, a, we don't a roller see them coaster doing anything, ride, but I assume that they're on that ship, like. 
like going through things and like seeing just to be able to see like if we could go and this is my thing is like I could go back in time and like yeah. step on a Viking ship that'd like be cool. that'd be pretty cool right undisturbed full of like sweet cool ass Viking bodies <laughs> just like yeah. slightly decayed <laughs> and like weapons that we didn't know existed and like yeah that'd be great. yeah that'd be pretty cool it's like what is this oh this is like a captain's log like that little holding that little data cube yeah yeah it's I yeah. it just it makes me think of like uh I just love Patrick Stewart's devotion to the role mm-hmm. and in this specific scene you can be like he's taking this 100% seriously mm-hmm. and everyone else is like hey all right this is cool all right one thing <laughs> I also fun. wanted to like uh highlight kind of going along with that that happens outside the holodeck because outside the holodeck basically is them just trying to get out of here. Um, yeah. And the holodeck is the way that they decide get out of there. But there's the moment where they're they're They've decided what they're going to do and they're about to get out of there. And Picard's like, Nope, I have to do this. Like, this is my thing. And Fuck I was yeah. really expecting, and I'm kind of sad it didn't happen. I'm hoping it's in a draft somewhere that Picard like gets on his like, captain's log and like gives kind of a similar speech to the captain Ooh, of the other ship that would have been yeah. cool. because that's kind of how it feels he feels like no yeah. like i'm the captain like the captain of their ship did this thing and i feel responsible for the crew he should have given a similar kind of speech i feel like yeah that would have been awesome i i totally agree and like you see it a lot of times in the in the shots that uh gabrielle yeah uh set up uh where you linger on his face when he realizes, like, I just did the same thing yeah. <laughs> to my crew. <laughs> Fuck. And every single time that he's interacting with people, like, about what, like, yeah, we need to fix this, you see the look on his face, yeah. like, I cannot, I can't believe, I'm John Luke fucking Picard. Like, this just can't <laughs> be the way. This uh, can't be the way we die. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, this guy, God damn, fuck. He's the best. And then he, I love him. Basically, like, Kicks Wesley out of the chair. He's like, no, I'm flying this thing out of here. Yeah. And like adjusts his jacket like he does. Like, like he gonna, always, have, everyone always was, does. But it was such a, the way he adjusted his jacket for me was such a like, I haven't flown a ship in years, but I have to do this. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah. If, yeah. If anybody's going to crash a ship into an asteroid and kill all hands on it's going to be me this is this is why this felt so familiar is i won't ruin anything for you because you darius hasn't seen the rest of picard but there's a moment in in picard mm-hmm. where he does almost this exact thing and he's like i got to do this and he like takes control of a yep. ship and it's very similar to this moment yeah. with the one hand it's very I love cool. it. and then yeah. he does a sweet 360 with the ship to he get fucking, them at, oh so cool he and uses, then just Riker who says it he uses he 360 no scopes the enterprise he does the he uses the asteroid as a uh as the gravitational the gravitational pull of an asteroid to like get them out of there i think at one point data's like uh commander was... or like or captain we're not going to be able to uh get out of the asteroid field our initial our inertial like whatever doesn't have enough to they ran out of momentum the, the yeah, momentum yeah, right. we don't have enough momentum to get out and picard looks at him and is like i know i got a plan like and then yeah. does it it's like buddy, no <laughs> yeah. can we mute you as well like they muted the computer before the seat like riker's like computer uh just silence for a minute yeah we need, uh, let's give the captain some space also uh, and then somebody says somebody jawed i can't remember who it was but somebody with their jaw drop says you used the, the gravity to, it was to do data. like a thing. Was it, it was data? data? Yeah, data was just oh, like because because for data he could he just that wasn't a possibility that he thought of and like which is weird by the way. Well, I yeah. think it also goes towards if you look at and this is kind of themes of uh, of the whole episode. Uh, yeah, mm, and Jordy talks true. about it as well. Is he's like Jordy has his whole speech at the end. He's like, you know, computers do a lot for us, and I thought computers could be the answer to everything, but sometimes you just have to unplug everything and it's got to be the human element that gets you through something. Right. It's and I think wild. that, I think that with data is also another aspect of that. Like data is trying to be human. He's trying to learn how to be human, but he also is just a computer at this point. And so that idea just didn't pop into his head because he's not human yet. Right. So like yeah. it's a human thing to like improvise to, like that. To want to drift, right. drift around a, uh, and the whole rock. thing that 
Riker says with like uh, that Picard tells Riker and then Riker repeats of like we're flying with one propeller like basically yeah Picard's like you know what you didn't do because you didn't build ships in a bottle was you didn't like use your imagination to pretend you were <laughs> yeah. in these situations. It is funny that Jordy's like technology can't get us out of all situations, but also thematically throughout this episode, he's like, but maybe technology can get me laid. <laughs> and with that, <laughs> let's enter the holodeck. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's take a peek in the holodeck, see what's going on. Accessing Starfleet Archives, USS Enterprise D, 10 forward. Simulating. You may now enter the holodeck. Ah, Tom Space, what are you working on? Oh, uh, yeah, you remember when, uh, Picard was going around asking everyone if they remembered ships in a bottle from when they were a kid? Ah, uh, yes, yeah, uh, yeah. that was, yeah, recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, when we were caught in the debris field and almost all died. Yeah, yeah. yeah that one. Um, I never did, but I felt like his birthday's probably coming up soon, and it'd be a good gift for him, so I've been trying to put this ship in a bottle together. Uh, oh, that's really uh, nice. May I take a look? Uh, yeah, yeah, here you go. You're having trouble inserting the ship. Oh, yeah, you gotta, like, put all the pieces together, but in the bottle, it's just, it, I don't know. Did you guys get asked to go on the, the away team with uh, Picard? No. No, to no, the no. battle Did cruiser. You? I don't. I, it was just kind of his thing, so like I don't know why any of, uh, of us would have come with, you know. Cool. Yes, I was. I was busy at the time. <laughs> yeah, he was very excited. Yeah. 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 I did get asked we're, this time, actually. You were asked. Excuse what? It sounded like a fun time. Like I really definitely wanted to go for sure. Like it wasn't spooky at all. Like a, a, an abandoned battle cruiser from a thousand you, years ago, definitely not a spooky thing, and I would not be uh-huh. scared of that. I just couldn't go this time because I had a doctor's appointment with Beverly Crusher, and that's a, you know how hard it is to get an appointment with Beverly Crusher. So, I don't. In fact, I was I had an appointment with Doctor Crusher. That's why I was busy. Yeah, I had a walk for a really long time. I had a wart. I walked in there, and she was like, "Let me get that off you." You must have gotten lucky. Super easy. Someone must have canceled kind of last minute because it is hard to get. I've done it multiple, multiple times. Has I'm sorry. What what were you saying? That what was this word? Spooky. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it means like scary and stuff. But I'm definitely not. I wasn't scared to go on the ship. Like I heard there was ghosts on the ship. Yeah, and it sounded like a really cool opportunity. I definitely. Definitely would have gone if I didn't have this doctor's appointment, you know. I am surprised, Tom Space. In the past, you said you would do literally, literally and I quote, yeah. I would do literally anything to get on a ship with Captain Picard and get some one-on-one time. Yeah, you said on a ship alone, specifically. Yeah, I mean, I and I, I still would. I would literally do anything to get some one-on-one time with Picard you, on a would ship. Would you not reschedule an appointment with Doctor Crusher? Guys, you know how hard it is to get a. a it's it's a, it is not hard. It's not hard. Speaking of not hard, I just f- completed your frigate in the ship in the bottle. What the fuck? You just yeah. All I had to do yeah. What that? It's. I've been spending like, I've been working on that for two weeks. And you finished it in like two seconds. It was incredibly simple. See, all you have to do is insert the stick here and pull up the mast, wow. and the rigging will fall into place. You're quite good at that. A ship in the bottle. Well, oh thank my you, God. Bert. Well, yeah, I mean, that that makes total sense. I mean, I wouldn't. Why, I didn't try to put the ship together on the outside of the bottle and then shove it in. That's not hey, what guy, I did. Don't, hey, Picard's coming. Hey, shut up. Picard, Picard's oh. coming. He's right behind you. Um, hello, Captain. I just completed this ship in a bottle. Would you... Fuck like to take a look at it? Thank you. Constitution class. Excellent. Thank you. I have to go. <laughs> Goodbye, my friend. And to you, Captain Jean-Luc Picard. Wow, that Lovick. was awesome. Lovick, you just it? talked to ca- the captain. Lovick, you just stole my gift. I did not steal your gift. I, now he thinks you did it. Did, he believes that I... Well, I did do it. I, I did finish it. Yeah, but it wasn't your idea. Like, best intentions, right? Hey, hey, guys. God. I just had a really great idea. Yes, Bert. You guys should come to the holodeck, and we should all have dinner, and you guys can meet my new girlfriend. Oh, you got a new girlfriend? Bert? Yeah. A girlfriend? Yeah, yeah. I've actually, I've been using uh, Jordy's uh, date program, the uh, the beach one. 
it's ah uh, yes, it's a good program. The one with the pirate. It's a good yeah, program. yeah, it's a great program. Right. The problem was Jordy. He had no. It was him. He made a great program though. Um, and I'd love to introduce you guys uh, to my girlfriend on the holodeck. What is your girlfriend's name? Yeah. Uh, Leah Brahms. She's a, a, a designer of ships. She designed. She actually designed this ship that we're on the, right now. You mean the hollow character that Jordy created to get us out of that uh, debris field? Your dating yeah, yeah, hollow yeah. program? Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah. Wait, does... It's not, is, it's not weird. Is Engineer LaForge aware that you are dating his program? Uh, I don't know. I haven't told him. But uh, I heard her Italian food is very good. It's Wait. delicious. Let me so tell you. Let me get this straight. You yeah. uh, took Jordy LaForge's uh, hollow deck, like mm-hmm. date program, with his permission. It, that one you, I I asked you him. Used it to date the girl that he obviously fell in love with. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. And you I, don't that's think, not you don't weird. Think Jordy's, you don't think Jordy's going to be a little angry about that? You did copy the program, right, Pert? You didn't just use his version of the program. It's a separate save file, right? No, no, it's just his. I asked him if I could use it. Did you ask she's him? She's really? not. She's not on it all the time. I, I there's separate things, you know. Like when we go to dinner, it won't be on his date file. We'll be in like a nice Italian restaurant where she so, cooks her incredible Italian food for us. I am surprised that she's interested in you, Pert. Yeah, me too. I I'm pretty smart. Let me tell you, when we when we start doing math problems together, we really hit it off. Sparks fly. Yeah. Yeah, you guys should come by for dinner. I would love to join you. It sounds like a, sounds like a good time. Cool. Oh, ow, ooh! I just pricked my finger on this fork. Lopec to Doctor Crusher. I just cut my finger. I don't think you're gonna be able to get a. I don't think you're gonna be able to get a. Oh. Okay. Yes, I'll be right there. You must have got lucky. Oh, you man, must have just I got, got another lucky. weird, no, weird wart. It's really hard to get a really hard. Uh, per Lewis to Dr. Crusher, no, I got another I... I got another weird wart that just popped up. I don't know what keeps going on. My warts just keep acting up. Can I... Fine. Okay. I was scared. Is that what you want cool, me to yeah, say? I'll, I'll, you want uh, me to say I was I'll scared? I'll come down there right now. I was scared to go onto a, a ghost ship, basically. Perhaps you should book a, an appointment with Counselor Troy. Fuck you guys. Alright, let's get into the holodeck content. Yeah. Yes. So I, I love it when we, we can identify which holodeck was in the episode. And yeah. in this one, we find out it's holodeck three. How yep. many holodecks are This is a holodeck three joint. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can we specify that on like all of the headings? Can we just call it like holodeck three joint? Whenever we oh, yeah. know like what it is. <laughs> I'm going to put a note here. Absolutely. Oh. How many holodecks are there? Four? Sixteen. I think there's seven on the Enterprise. There's sixteen? What the? On the Enterprise? That's rad. Jeez. Normal complement of 1,012 1, people, and there are 16 holodecks on this Galaxy-class starship. I kept Galax- thinking... Uh, Galaxy-class ships are like Cadillacs. They're like really bloated, aren't they're they? Huge. They're just they're, they're, they're So much stuff. And they're located on decks 9 through 11. Thank you, Reddit. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> guys, what did, what did you guys think of this? Did you think, would you watch this episode just for the holiday content? This mm. is so tough because I would watch any holodeck content. Right. Like, no. I'm just such a holodeck fiend that I'll I watch wouldn't. anything. I wouldn't watch this episode for the holodeck content because my favorite part of this episode was everything outside the holodeck. The holodeck content was good, don't get me wrong, but it was a little bit repetitive and a little boring after a while. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, agree. I, th- I think the the booby trap stuff is great. The yeah. ancient history, yeah. Picard nerding out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I lo- I love all that stuff. That stuff is super cool and yeah. interesting and spooky. And the music is great. But I think the holodeck stuff is kind of weird. It's techno babble mixed with romance. My favorite mm-hmm. part of this whole episode, and the only reason I ever remember it. Is specifically because of the opening holodeck scene yeah. when they're on the beach, and that is the most like memorable part of the holodeck for me. I love it, and I didn't even know what happened at the rest of the episode because I only remember that uncomfortable, weird situation. Yeah, 
I mean, I, we even mentioned it. I think you mentioned it in a different episode. Yeah, yeah. This podcast. Because I love By the way, this is the first time you've listened to this podcast. It was the last episode or was it two episodes ago? No, it was the last episode. I think it? I've been lobbying to watch this episode for like two or three episodes, and I didn't even know what the rest of the episode <laughs> yeah, was. Yeah, you couldn't remember the name of it. <laughs> yeah. We just accidentally for, fell on For it. a while, yeah, yeah. for a second while I was watching this episode, because I think this is one of the episodes I fell asleep during in TNG and then just never went back to. Um it's so nice. I think, uh, so I started watching it, and for a little while, I was like, was that the only part of the holodeck? Was the cold open? Is that all we're going to have to review on this That's episode? That's what I thought it was, yeah. <laughs> and then, no, there's actually a lot that goes on in the holodeck. The whole, all of it, yeah. So they're but just in the holodeck, kind of like, yeah, they're basically just kind of techno-babbling their way through uh, trying to fix the ship whilst uh, Jordy's but- falling in love. But this is one of the one of your wonderful things that the the female the feminine touch that Gabrielle Beaumont brings yeah to the table is she she finds a way to like get chemistry out I mean obviously the writing you know the the seven billion people who wrote this episode <laughs> seven wrote, billion men wrote, wrote it who wrote this gets, episode yeah seven billion men who wrote I this episode I think that joke will never get old for me you could keep <laughs> hitting that and I'm imagining a massive. Like conference room full of seven billion people trying to write. It really feels like a. It really feels like a um, a Tim and Eric sketch or like a Adult Swim sketch where like the show starts and you just see like written by and then it's just like a bunch of writers and then like there's not enough time for the actual episode. Is the (laughs) that's great. Um, Uh, But yeah, they uh, the it's her personality at first, Brahms. Who is a real person in the show universe? Yeah, uh, has no personality. And then Jordy's like, "Look, if I'm going to be spending the last few hours of my life trying to figure this problem out, I want to <laughs> do it with something with the personality." He's so got a point. Generate a personality for me, Holodeck. Could you take maybe some of her like conference speeches and stuff, and maybe like amalgamate a personality out of it? And the computer's like, "Sure." Uh, sure? Probably is a chance I'm off. The computer says there's nine percent, nine point seven percent, like nine point three, nine point three percent variation. Like it might not be right. And I immediately, immediately covers its ass a little bit. (laughs) I immediately thought, and there's nine point three percent of this actual woman who does not like Jordy. Like that was my immediate thought. Was like that's the nine point three percent that they're not friends. There, there is a sequel to this episode yeah. Yeah, that we're gonna have to do someday. That is um, one of the worst aged episodes of Star Trek. Is Dimension. there holodeck very content cringy. in that episode? I believe there's a brief scene of it. Good. I hope yes. so. Good. I fucking hope so. so. Um, uh, yeah, it, it's very weird. But yeah, this I, whole the whole holodeck uh, content in this episode is just them. Like, although there is a point where I thought like was pretty cool where. The computer's like, we're gonna have to shut down the holodeck. And Jordy's like, no, don't, don't shut down the holodeck. He gets so and can't, pissed, and you can't tell. You feel like with Jordy, it's because he doesn't want to stop talking to her. It's more about the romantic angle of things, and it has not as much to do with like the stakes of saving everyone on the ship. And Picard's like, uh, he buys the argument. Like, uh, okay, approved. Well, and, and then later, Jordy feels <laughs> weird about it too. You can clearly see him like it's a. Jordy gets it shut down. He's just like, well, don't, don't shut it down. And the computer's like, I can't do that because you're not, you don't have high enough clearance to do that. Yeah. Not the fucking captain yeah. of the Enterprise. Um, and when he s- says that, he's just like, don't shut it down. I'm, I'm, I'm on a date. That's basically what I thought he was saying. <laughs> basically what he's saying. I'm on yeah. a date. Don't do it. And then when, when Picard walks into it later, like when there's like 20 minutes uh. left before they all die of the radiation poisoning, he walks in and he's like, Brahms and, and Jordy are like right next to each other. And it's kind of like there's a tension yeah. in the holographic <laughs> program. And Picard just has this look on his face like, are you fucking kidding me? I yeah, gave yeah. you permission <laughs> to use energy for this. <laughs> What um like he he didn't even say anything. You could just see the disappointment. <laughs> it's just like okay, like we're just like oh this is um this is my friend Leah Brahms, and I Picard created her. Just doesn't react. Yeah. <laughs> She's been helping me save the ship. Mm-hmm. When they like figure it out, and and Brahms like says something, and Jordy just goes, "You're beautiful, Leah," and like. 
there was no awkward anything, but when he said that, my face just like curled, and I was like, oh, this is he's got zero game, even with a hologram. Totally clueless, completely clueless. The other part that makes me like like cringe with like kind of grossness was felt like a male writer situation was when he like pushes back he's like i just can't do it and he like pushes back yeah i just can't figure it out and then she starts like massaging his shoulders that's weird he's like god and he's like don't stop he kind of like stop she's like i thought it would feel nice and he's like like, i don't want to feel nice right now well there's also (laughs) one where he's such a stubborn dick sometimes where like they're arguing at first and she's like Oh yeah, you're right. And he's like, "Damn right I am." And then like kind of <laughs> kind of walks in a circle or whatever. And I was like, it, "Why are you yeah, such a dick it, sometimes?" It's like the computer is like imagining a male fantasy of like he gets into argument with the smartest woman he's ever met. And he's like, "You just don't get it. You've never been out there on a ship." And she's like, "You're right, Jordy." And she says something along the lines of like, uh, I'm not used to being wrong or something. And then Jordy's like, well, I'm not used to dying. And you're yeah, like, yeah. all right, all right Jordy. Dude, relax. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, the stakes are pretty high. They're going to die in like an hour or something. Yeah. They will die. So let's, let's just assume for a second that the Enterprise D is not going to die. Succumb to the same thing that that other ship does. And a thousand years later, some <laughs> other ship comes upon it and equivalent to the other ship they look at the data logs and they just find this program <laughs> like a recording of this holodeck <laughs> so they spent the last few hours on a date <laughs> they they, 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 they <laughs> reserved power for this hollow like they're trying to figure out how to get themselves out yeah. i'm like okay so they put all the power in the photonic simulator Why? and dated a one what what <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> the line that you talked about earlier where it's like right at the end and they're trying to figure out whether the computer should be the one to do this maneuver or like a human being should. Um, and he says, yeah. you know, sometimes you got to turn off all the computers. It's, it was oddly like uh, oddly relevant as always now, because like at the time they didn't have phone, like, fucking iPhones and all this sort of shit. Um, and he's like, sometimes you just got to turn off your phone. And essentially is what he was saying. And I was like, damn, this is, yeah, he's right. This is kind of wild. He's got to unplug. He's got to unplug. I just want to tell all the scientists working on a COVID-19 thing. uh, Unplug. Just, you know, turn off all of your technology. (laughs) Let's figure this out, the human element of this. They did the polio vaccine without iPhones. Guys, they went to the moon (laughs) with technology less than what's in our pocket now. So just turn it off. Just turn it off. Just turn it off. Just turn it off. No, you no. know what that Go is? Go back to Mars. You know what turning it off is? Is wearing your fucking mask like an adult. Yeah, yeah. That's turning your phone Yeah, wear off. your mask, please. Ha-ha, we snuck in a little <laughs> wear your mask. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, There's so many pandemic episodes of Star Trek where nobody does anything to be safe. At all. And that's so funny to me. <laughs> well. Like, I think we're all infected. It's like, well, maybe you guys should have been a little bit... I don't know, more sanitized. <laughs> a little safer. <laughs> it's the way future. And I know you're used to just hypospraying your way out of every problem, but... Containment field and hypospray, they get you out of everything. Uh, there's another sequence that is segment that is so cheesy, the lines, but it's also kind of fun. And it's it's when Brahm says, you're good. Very good. <laughs> and Jordy's, I know my ship, inside it's and out. <laughs> and she goes, then you must know me inside and out. <sighs> There's a lot of me in this oh, shit. Oh, God. And you realize for the first time, like, Jordy really is thinking about, he's, like, falling in love with his car. Yeah. He's falling yeah. Over shit. I fucking, I hate that. I hate, I hate the, now that you've said that, it, like, completely ruins this whole episode. Not that I, like, loved this episode, but watching it through that lens now, I'm like, this is disgusting. <laughs> I love how often I ruin episodes for Dylan. Always. Just... I just want to live in my own little world, Jan. Also, okay, can we talk about, I know this isn't the holodeck. I'm going to go real quick right back to non-holodeck stuff. Can we talk about why they just decided to blow up the ship when they, dis- <laughs> when they decided they that they're like, we're not going to. they don't want anyone else to get fucked. Well, no, but, but, but that's, I was just about to say, like, they're like, let's not, let's destroy this booby trap for anyone else. Yeah, okay, you're destroying, like, the, the bait, but if anyone flies through that debris field, they're still going to get 
It's still the same problem. Because there's billions of those things throughout the debris field. It has nothing to do with the ship. Yeah. Well, doesn't it I agree. blow them I all up, though? I, or are all the rocks doing that? All of them. It's the entire... Yeah, because oh. they tried to zap them. Remember, they, they tried to phaser them yeah. at one point, and it has the opposite effect. Oh, shit. It's, yeah, it's especially weird, because at the beginning of the episode, Picard is like... Uh, note this, or no, Riker says, like, send this to the museum place. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll pick it up. Yeah. And and, and then at, it, right at the end, after Picard gets him out of the field, he's like, just fucking blow it up. Just fucking, <laughs> I just don't want to think about it anymore. It's just cathartic. Blow it instead, up. Of saying, instead of setting, like, beacons around the whole, like, debris field <laughs> saying, like, don't enter, it's a booby trap, they just blow up the ship. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I think it would be awesome if they left the ship there, put those beacons out, yeah. and then it's like, this is an example of what happens when, like, races <laughs> go to extremes, they, like Chernobyl, you know? They put little uh, beacons and, like, a little force field, and there's, like, a little plaque that says, like, this <laughs> yeah. is where this battle happened. Well, it's like, like shuttlecraft, like, floating around it, and, like, people are, like, <laughs> looking at it. <laughs> they, like, they're, like, uh, Ensign Johnson... Uh, get in a shuttlecraft, you're going to patrol this area for the rest of your life, and if anybody comes, you're going to be the tour guide. <laughs> you're basically the... Hey, Mom, I got a transfer. <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing? Um, I command a shuttlecraft. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you got promoted to captain? Yes. No. I'm I... basically a museum... Uh, what are those people called? Docent. That, like, I'm a museum yeah, I'm basically a, I'm a space docent. <laughs> And I just make sure other ships don't fly into a radioactive <laughs> asteroid field. Okay. It's pretty well, I'm, pretty cool. I'm very proud of you. Yeah. Are you excited? No, I'm not. No. <laughs> I've been here for two weeks. Nobody showed up yet, but I, I'm sure somebody will come, you know. It was literally a thousand years before anybody found that <laughs> ship. So this booby trap was basically uh, space quicksand, is what I've decided. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, you, yeah. the more you struggle, the quicker you die, but you're still gonna die. It is space quicksand. That's a great way to look at it. Do you want to rate the episode? Let's rate this baby. <laughs> oh, I said baby because that's what Jordy called Leah the voice. Oh my god! Uh, He's like, let's do it, baby. <laughs> 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 That's the sound that I was making the whole this whole episode. Oh, oh. There's also just right, real quick right before we rate it when he asks the computer for the personal logs and the computer's like, "Fuck no, no. yeah, <laughs> yeah." Have you lost your Those mind? Are, hey, can personal I, logs. Can I read her diary? No, you can't, no. you creepy guy. And then he then he complains about it. He's like, "Another woman won't get close to uh, me at the holidays." Stop it, Jordy. I want to like you so much. There's also I. I can't help but think when she's like, you have uh, the logs from her like debate, like debating or whatever, right? I would think that the only way she would react if if she if the computer created that based on the debating is she'd just be really confrontational the whole time. There'd be no softness. There'd be nothing. Yeah, I mean, debate debates are different than arguments, right? So like, you can be soft and and stuff in debates. I think she was not confrontational, but she was. She's she would challenge Jordy a lot as a. I character. think the arguments came from the debate side of things, and the uh, rest of it came from whatever else he grabbed from the computer's database. Yeah, yeah. And the holodeck just threw in a little bit of. And then the nine point oh, seven, nine point three percent was the rest he, of it. Off screen, you don't see this, but he also tells the computer, "Would you put all of my uh, holodeck girlfriends in this too? The ones that like me." Just put that one in there as well. He, so he, He's like ex machinating this thing. He's just trying to like create the perfect. Barclay walks by and he's like, hey, Jordy, you know what would be great is if the, if the person you're making likes you. He got a lot of tips from Barclay to, to make this all sweet. Jesus. All right, let's rank this, this baby. Well, let's start with the, a category of romance because I believe the genre of this episode's holodeck sequences is romance. I got to say, I do think as cringy as it all is, it's kind of like a, a rom-com. And I kind of en I enjoy those aspects of it. They're fun, even if they're cringy and weird. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a whole rom-com condensed into 43 minutes. With some yeah. spooky elements. With some spooky. We didn't even talk about the music. Spooky, spooky. We just said it slaps. I think that's enough. I think, actually, <laughs> I'm going to change my original thing to, would you watch this just for the holodeck content? No. But watch the episode because the music. For the slapped. music, yeah, yeah, it's really great. Yeah, it's great. I'm gonna give this a three for uh, for romance. Oh, I'm gonna give it a five for the pirate violin player. <laughs> oh, a five! Oh. 
Yeah, I was gonna do like a four. Uh, I got to dock it <laughs> for a little bit of the the creepiness and and Jordy. Oh, it totally big but, upset. Uh, it's just insane that Jordy created a pirate violin player, and it's fucking awesome. I just want actually. Yeah. I'm gonna change <laughs> it to three point five, and I'm gonna say Jan. Is that romance or is that camp? It's romance, man. Well, I'm changing mine to a 5.5 then. I got to offset you. <laughs> Jan's here just to shit on everyone's. He's here just to balance oh, it out, baby. God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's zero action in this episode, right? There's, zero. There's no action. In, 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 in the, the holodeck, holodeck, nothing. Unless you count that back rub. The, I'm not going to count the back rub, but I'm going to count the, the pushback from the table that Jordy does where he's just like, before, right before the bank rub, Jordy's just like, it doesn't work. I'm not. That's true. Zero. That, that's some good rolling chair action. Big egg. For me. I'm, egg. I'm going to give it a 0.5 as well. Zero. Or still zero. Zero. Goose egg. Suspense. I mean, suspense and stakes kind of go along with each other in this one. I don't think right? there's a lot of suspense in this. Like the stakes push the suspense for me. Because it's there's to me it's it's go ahead. There's a suspense of are they going to figure this out? That it, for me, if I'm judging, which I'm trying to do, the holodeck purely on the holodeck content, they're just trying to figure out a math problem, and that's it. So for me, there's like not a whole because all the stakes are happening outside of the holodeck, right? Well, the stakes are. T- the, the, we're talking about suspense here. Sorry, but if, um, if we're but talking about stakes, the stakes are tied to what's going on outside. If they don't figure out the math problem, the state then they're dead. So the stakes yeah. are high. Suspense? Yeah, I agree. I don't know. Like that's debatable. I don't know how well I, the suspense I, yeah. is in this. I think that the suspense doesn't work that's there because it's so techno babbly that it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, to it's us. not made suspenseful like it just, at all. We're just like, uh okay. Are they gonna figure it out or yeah, not? Yeah, yeah. All right. I'm gonna give it a one. Yeah. I'm gonna go um, with a point five. I was gonna go with a point five too. Okay, point five two. Yeah, no, that's exactly <laughs> no, that's what I meant. Let's go. I have a point five. <laughs> yeah, that's what you meant. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I got you. Uh, I'm changing mine to a point eight. <laughs> stakes. Speaking of, I think they're actually pretty, they're high. pretty I, high. I don't yeah. mind if the stakes are tied to what's happening outside of the holodeck. No. Yeah, because what's happening on the inside has an effect, an impact on the rest. That's of true. Totally. And I think Jordy's line of "I'm not used to dying." Comes out of nowhere, but is valid. That's a valid, valid line. Yeah, the stakes for me are a big old five. There's a ticking clock, too. I'm going to go with a four, just because I'm just trying to judge these in a vacuum. No, Dylan's not trying to judge these in a vacuum. He's trying to really, after the fact, boost, take me out to the Holocene <laughs> up on the list. <laughs> yep, that's exactly By what I'm doing. everything. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm giving it a four as well. How what, okay? Explain to me real quick. I gotta ask <laughs> since this is a four for you guys. Yeah, yeah. How would this be a five? Uh, if there was if, some, s- if what was happening directly yeah. in there would affect the rest of the Enterprise. yeah, exactly. It does. He's using this Hollow Suite program, this holodeck program, to figure out the math problem that's gonna get them out of this. And if but, they don't figure it out, there's no other ideas. But not in the holodeck. If they're gonna die in the holodeck, I think that's that is yep. the point where that's like a difference. In, so the safety's in, have like to be off. Full of data. All right, I get it. Well, like in the Bashir like episode, yeah. Armand Bashir, you know, he's gonna get shot in the holodeck. You know, Cisco's gonna shoot him in the face in the holodeck. So what you're telling me is literally any holodeck episode with the safety's with on will never receive a five in stakes. No. Oh yeah. Do we even know if the safety's around? <laughs> <laughs> No, no, that's not that's not what I'm saying. It is what Even you're saying. Even if the safeties are on. No, I'm just I'm not saying they're actually going to die. I'm saying within the story that takes place on the holodeck, even if the safeties are on and Cisco's pointing a gun at Bashir, the stakes are still high cuz Bashir's character is going to get shot in the head, you know? All right. All right. We're splitting hairs. Camp. It's pretty I think the moment that Brahms takes like when Jordy's like, "Hey, give this thing a personality." She takes a deep breath, and then Ron Jones goes crazy on that cheesy music. <laughs> yeah. He just goes hard on it. I think, yeah, it. a lot of the camp is the music in this. A the lot of the camp comes from, comes from the scoring, and a lot of scoring happens either right before or right after commercial break. Always. Mm-hmm. That's always what wakes me up when I'm taking naps is when they go to commercial break. And it's like, eh. yeah. And I'm like, Whoa. That's how they designed That's it, yeah. On. It's real great. Um, Genius. A lot of the camp comes from that. But I do think there's some lines 
which I think is more dialogue, but where Jordy uh, really does a good job with the camp of like incredible. incredible. Like when, yeah. <laughs> when he like walks Leah, in. You're beautiful. Yeah. You're beautiful. Yeah. Oh, God. I'm going to give it a four. I'm going to go with a three. Uh, I'm going to go with a four because that techno babble, while inscrutable, is also a very campy thing yeah, yeah, to do. Yeah, that's true. Uh, okay. And then our last category is dialogue. I think it's kind of bad. Yeah. It's not great. Yeah, I agree. All all the weird lines that are just like, you're a woman, right? Like, <sighs> But that's not that. That's not holiday. Sorry, not holiday. You think that, bad. you know, with 100 trillion male writers in <laughs> the writer's in room. The, the writer's convention hall. <laughs> they would. Uh, at the 1989 Comic-Con convention. They'd <laughs> <laughs> get something right. Yeah, the dialogue's It's a great. panel show. At uh, a Trek con in 1989, where they're like, "All right, this panel is we're gonna write an episode of based TNG on your suggestions. And no women are allowed. It's not great, but I do like the heavily flirty. You're good, very good. I know my ship inside and out. Two. Then you must know me inside and out. I'm giving two it a for, two for Darius. I'm giving it a two. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the two also. Cool. Well, I was one who said I thought it was bad, and I'm gonna give it a three. Dylan, this might be taking out to the <laughs> hollow suite. If, okay, hold on. If it does, <laughs> the, the whole show is fucked. It's over. The whole show is done. Are you going to quit I'm going to quit the podcast. show <laughs> if it beats Take Me we Out to We might need Street. another host. I can't handle it. I'm going to start my own Trek to the Holodeck show and rank, rank them myself. It's just going to be called Take Me Out to the Hollow Suite, the best episode of uh, Holodeck content <laughs> Star Trek ever created. It's going to be a podcast created. that's purely about Take Me Out to the Hollow Suite. That's it. Computer... Are you going to break Dylan's heart? Calculating. 2.53. What? I don't what, know what. 2.53. I Where think Hollow Suite is safe. below Take Me Out yeah. to the Hollow Suite. It has now bested Manhunt, Woo! but it is at position number six. Yeah. Thank God. We don't have there's to update episode, our top five. Yeah. But there's going to be an up episode that. Unseat thrones. Take me out to the hollow suite. Shit, we might have to do a revision. We we might have to update <laughs> our uh, update our. Well, once we run out of episodes, we're just gonna redo it with a good category. Yeah, one <laughs> proper. <laughs> I mean, ours are great, but maybe They're we'll just you know, riff a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Oh God, that was close. The the. I think the stakes in Take Me Out the Hollow Suite were a little low. Very low. There. And we scored Take Me Out the Hollow Suite's suspense as a point five. That's yeah. We just crush it in suspense there. I think that was you, Yawn. I think me. probably both of you trying to crush my <laughs> dreams. Because there's a point five is a very like a lot of people had to give it a low score in that. I, no revisionist I history. We're a little here. generous to this one, guys. A little generous. A little generous. Do you guys have any like last thoughts about this episode? Um, not really. I really enjoyed it. Like even though it is like the holodeck stuff and the Geordie stuff is creepy, but, like, everything else about the episode, I liked it. I, I do have one final thought. Um, I haven't watched TNG in a bit, and I forgot how calming it is and quiet and nice mm -hmm. and all the conversations and there's the hum. I've been watching DS9 and Voyager now, and I just finished Picard, and everything is so loud and fast. Oh, and TNG, me and Dylan have been playing uh, Bridge Crew, Star Trek Bridge Crew, and we we did the DLC. It's got wood. TNG's got wood oh, on there. Oh yes, that's yeah, they got wood paneling. That's how you know that the next generation was built in the eighties. Is it's got wood. Here's paneling. the thing, though, they uh, need to go back to s at least some wood some paneling. Some wood, because one of the great parts about that ship is how comfortable it is, and the wood adds such a nice earthy yeah. feel to it. It's like a cruise ship. It's fucking awesome. Enterprise D is like a cruise ship. It, yeah. There's so many families on board and they get into so much shit. I feel it's so weird. Sorry. I've always <laughs> I mean, in this episode, this. a thousand people almost just died of stupid radiation poisoning. <laughs> because Picard was like, yo, I got to check out this ghost ship. Hey, to be fair, he didn't know. True. Riker tried to warn him. No, Riker anyway. tried to warn him about going over to the ship, but getting to the ship. Sorry. Yeah. Nobody you're right, tried you're right, to warn you're right, him. You're right. I do want to, to add that this, this episode was in 1989, and again, the remaster that they did on these by pulling so the original yeah. like, 
It looks so good. Can they I wish they'd do that, do that for everything. To the other stuff. DS9, DS9 Voyager. Voyager. You oh should God. watch, um, there's that DS9 documentary that came out a couple of years ago. And they re- what we left behind. Yeah, what we left behind. And they remastered all the stuff that they used in the documentary. Uh, and it looks so good. It's so good. CBS. Apparently they're never going to do CBS it. CBS has so expensive. much fucking money. Just yeah. do it. Yeah, like they, they spend so much money on bullshit. On stuff. On flying on, into the uh, board. On cube. telling Instagram to block one of our uh, content pieces for violations of copyright. Fuck mm-hmm. you, Viacom. Yeah. Okay. Fuck you, Viacom. Yeah. It's free advertising. Oh, well. Guys, if you haven't seen this episode, please do watch it. And please watch, uh, please keep listening. Thank you so much. And please subscribe to us um, and talk to us on Instagram and Twitter. Check it out. We're totally out there. We're Trek to the Holodeck. Uh, What are we watching next week? Yeah. What are we watching next week? We are doing A Man Alone, season one, episode four of Deep Space Nine. Yeah. Early nine. It's going to be, it's going to be good. Or very bad. excited, but you have to listen to find out. Is the voice of the track to the holodeck computer is different than Majel Barrett? Uh, it was provided by Verona Blue, so thank you, Verona. Yeah, uh, and uh, the intro and outro music is by Bodyline. It's available now on Bandcamp. Use with permission from Midwest Collective, and all of the little stuff thrown over the top of it was thanks to Jan. Yeah, and another reminder. Viacom, CBS, we have nothing to do with you except that we love your content. So (laughs) it's a fan podcast. We're just celebrating Star Trek. Yeah, no affiliations. spent virtually every free hour in the hollow suite. And for a while, I almost forgot he was a hologram. That means the holodeck safeties are off. Computer, execute complete shutdown of the holodeck. All holo simulations have been terminated. 